Hello, and welcome to Cool Playlist. I'm Eliza Skinner, and this is my podcast, where every episode we make a playlist for a specific life event, moment, or occasion, always with a special guest. And today's special guest is Jordan Cruciola. Yes, that is it. I got it. Yes. Yes. We're making a playlist for stalking teens at a summer camp. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And just for context, so people don't think we're just twisted, I am an associate editor with Vulture, and my specialty area of focus is horror films in particular. Thank you. I was going to ask you to justify that right now. Yeah, yeah. And you just did it. Yeah, that was not just us uh, DMing on Twitter being like, you know what would really like make people <laughs> uncomfortable? Like, hunting teens in the yeah, woods. Yeah, that's a thing people should do. <laughs> yeah. Suggesting that activity. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we were just talking right before we started recording that uh, Comic-Con is this weekend as Indeed. we're recording. Mm-hmm. As you're listening, Comic-Con just happened. Yes, yes. I, I hope you had a great time at Comic-Con, those who were in attendance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is my first time going to San Diego Comic-Con, mm-hmm. and you have gone many times. Yeah, this is five or six times, and I love it. Every year, I have a really great time. You just kind of have to... I, I'm used to the sort of Comic-Con geography at this point of knowing, like, all right, if something is in room 6DE and I'm starting in Hall H, I understand that there are time constraints there. Like, I need to give myself enough wiggle room to get from one end of the convention center to the other and coming to understand that really helped alleviate a lot of my stress and I will say that my I do have like a record my personal record I would like you know somebody to tell me if they've beat this getting from Hall H on one side of Harbor Drive in San Diego running across that jumping over a fence running across the train tracks jumping the other fence and then running into the Omni Hotel in 11 minutes Wow! to get to an interview with Sir Ben Kingsley now on I, time. I am definitely going to cry, is what <laughs> you're telling me. I am going to be stuck someplace crying with a dead phone battery. <laughs> the dead sure. phone battery, like bring the Mophie charger yeah. if you can. Bring your bring your personal Wi-Fi little hotspot if you can, because uh-huh. yeah, that's going to, that, that juice is just going to get sucked down. And you said the best place is the... Um, the uh, weapons registry. Yeah, the, if you, yeah, I feel like if you, if you, if, if your first time at Comic Con, do like do find the weapons registry and see people checking in their like giant like you know the, the Brienne of Tarths there checking mm-hmm. in their swords, mm-hmm. you know, seeing all the paperwork that you need with your weapon. Yeah, right? yeah, you, your Harley Quinn with their giant mallets, mm-hmm. and I'm curious to see who will be the top cosplayers this year because it's been got any picks, got any predictions. I'm trying to, you know, who do we have? I feel like Solo didn't really catch enough. No. For us to and want it's that. not that showy. I mean, it's got the capes. Yeah, but yeah. you're not making a splash with it. Yeah, like, because when Suicide, Suicide Squad came out, it was absolutely Harley Quinn. Yeah. There were always Harley Quinns, but there was the explosion of, like, the Suicide Squad-style Harley. Well, it's much easier to assemble. You don't have to get a an actual Harlequin suit. Yes, <laughs> As yes. you would have with the traditional look. Yeah, and the, when you saw the traditional ones, though, you like you, it was like an extra nod of encouragement. Like, good for you. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I was, I was a fan of the original character when, you know, that came out. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, one for us. Mm-hmm. Crazy lady for me, <laughs> and I think my my I think my favorite lady cosplay that I tend to see is uh, Brienne of Tarth is great because I find that I've seen them often in packs, mm-hmm. so it'll be like these little roving pods of like pretty statuesque women in full Brienne of Tarth head to toe like carrying swords, and that's just a thing you like to see walking through the halls of Comic Con, in my opinion. Sure, yeah, <clears throat> and uh, many Arya Starks. Yeah, yeah, a few like carrying their little needles. A lot of child Arya Starks. A oh, lot of yeah, a that's lot of cute. That's cosplay nice. family doing doing little child Arya Starks. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, murder for everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, the theme of today's playlist, exactly, which is a great segue into this playlist. <laughs> um, so why did you pick this theme? I so I am the the resident horror specialist at Vulture, and that is um, not an, a, an accident. That wasn't like a we need somebody to do this. Can anybody care? Uh, these are my favorite kinds of movies. I've loved them my whole life. Um, I was actually speaking with somebody earlier today and he asked me what sort of my earliest horror memory was and it's Hellraiser. That's my favorite. <clears throat> I love Hellraiser. I love Hellraiser. I love Hellraiser and that... No one loves Hellraiser. Look at us. Come on. <laughs> we didn't even talk about this we beforehand. Did. What a delight. <laughs> ah, the, uh, the fucked up body horror, sexual bizarreness. Yeah, erotica, horror. Yeah, very startling as a child. <laughs> yeah. And I think my parents were in the room when I watched that. They were they were very liberal with, with what I could could see. I think the only movie they ever told me, like, you know, maybe wait a while was Pulp Fiction. And <laughs> okay. then they went grocery shopping for, they went, they would always go grocery shopping on Sunday. And then I would get left home, like starting at 10, I could stay home by myself. And it would always take them a couple hours. And one time when they did that, my mom was finally like, you can watch Pulp Fiction while we're gone. You can come to us with any questions. But other than that, they like didn't want it. Like my mom didn't want to talk to me about the gimp. Like it was like, if you want to talk about it, <laughs> we'll yes. see if you notice it. Yeah, I feel like there are a lot of things like that. Where as a kid, I'm like, oh, I didn't remember that. I didn't notice mm-hmm. that part. Mm-hmm. And other things, of course, that are seared into my brain. <laughs> yeah. That are like, oh, that's a thing that happens. Yeah, I definitely was not getting like the we can't determine between, you know, we in Hellraiser like we hop dimensions seeking out carnal delights. Yeah. I didn't know. I thought they were just bad guys collecting souls. Yeah, and skin. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that that had anything to do with erotica or. BDSM, none of that. But it was I I am I am a big appreciator really broadly of the genre, but that 80s era where you have like the pinnacle of practical VFX and <sighs> It's it, you just kind of it doesn't get better for me as far as like a visual watching experience like Hellraiser Hellraiser two especially obviously like the thing mm. Society which is an incredible one yes uh, nobody ever wants to nobody, talk to me about Society nobody Why, wants how are to we talk just about becoming this? friends ah <laughs> uh, this is gonna be great I watched um, that movie like two years ago and my jaw was on the floor it's so uh, and and somebody use so many people use the like meme or gif uh-huh, of, uh-huh, the, of the, uh-huh. the butthead and have no idea and have i'm like no idea that's from a whole movie <laughs> you should say it is become one of my top recommendations to people who ask me like you know what's something kind of like wild i was like well there's this one from 1988 <laughs> yeah. do you like teen movies from the 80s that <laughs> aren't at all that yeah, yeah. <laughs> that are not at all that packaging yeah and um and and my my reasoning uh, I I like the I hate being scared in in real life I don't like haunted houses no, I don't go do to not any touch of that me. trash no I no. don't don't jump out at me nope I get scared so easily last last yesterday I was checking my mailbox and my neighbor uh, said hi Eliza and I full on screamed <laughs> and she was like I'm sorry and I was like I just it's oh and like for a minute was kind of mad like yeah but you know what you did and then was like she didn't she do anything she, she just did. said hello <laughs> and I am too easily scared in real life but yeah. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't even want to go in a corn maze. Like, Ugh. I that's that's not something I enjoy. But I love horror films, and and after years of watching them, they they still have a really potent effect on me. Like, I'm not jaded to them. And I was, and and the thing that I I, I like to say about them is that it's the only genre of film where you are truly feeling an approximation of what the person on screen is going through. Like, you can watch a drama and be moved and empathize and cry, and you can watch a rom-com and feel those warm and tingly feelings, but you don't feel in love, and you can laugh at a comedy, you know, love comedy, but 
to watch a horror film and feel the emotion that the heroine or, or hero is feeling on screen, to feel that fear when you know you're not there. You know you're not there. You're in a in a room. You're safe. Yeah, surrounded by like strangers who are also like okay, or you're in your own home. And yet you still feel that fear to the point where many people can't even watch these movies at all. Mm-hmm. That's incredible to me. And to to with a, a, a piece of screen entertainment, be able to shatter the fourth wall and make people feel so disturbed that they may sleep with the light on for a couple of weeks or be afraid to go into parts of their own home for the rest of the night because they're by themselves. That's incredible. And I just I find that endlessly appealing and fascinating. Same. <laughs> and also, I like I'm fascinated by what are the things that disturb and absolutely and connect with us mm-hmm. in in deep ways and how it changes from person to person, but even more so how it changes from like generation to generation, mm-hmm. like what it's reflecting about what's going on with yep. society. Um, <laughs> with society, um, <laughs> you'll be a you'll be a great benefit to society. Yes, yes, um, yeah. Like uh, I mean. Zombies, for instance, mm-hmm. have changed so much as Absolutely. to what they're pinging inside of us mm-hmm. and the the dread that they're causing. Um, but they still they still continue to. Yeah, and I actually I had a piece go up um, not too long ago this year it was above about the the wave of what I'm calling emo zombie horror, mm-hmm. where you have they're this sad kind of and they're not really zombies and they love you. Well, they're it's the 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 protagonists are it's much more about the it's much more about the sort of existential dread, which is of course what internally zombie movies are always about. But you have these movies like Cargo and um, uh, Ravenous mm-hmm. uh, that came out earlier this year, and The Cured is very much like this. And then there's oh, wait, another a new Ravenous, not the old Ravenous. Yeah, a new Ravenous is a French Canadian so... one called Les Affames mm. or Les Affames. Mm. I, I can I, I don't pretend to speak French. And then there's another one on Netflix called Here Alone, mm-hmm. and it's these sort of uh, you know the the there's a lot of long wistful shots at like beautiful natural environments and a lot of long quiet moments and like the, obviously the zombie hordes are always threatening, but they tend to be more out of frame than in frame. And it's I I'm curious as to sort of what is the what was sort of a turning point to move into this my list was only like it movies of the past probably like two or three years but it was it, 10 movies long so there were enough there to make like a small subgenre grouping of them and i'm wondering what is that sort of like dramatic tilt toward you know like a more contemplative zombie film i would guess mm. um it feels like it's more about isolation now mm. it's not about being overwhelmed with other people or disease mm-hmm. or even just like not even not relating to people or whatever. Yeah. It feels like I think that in a lot of ways, all the, these bubbles have mm-hmm. isolated us mm-hmm. and people are only existing online and they're not really connecting with other people, seeing people socially. So mm-hmm. I think being in an isolated place surrounded by mostly nature mm-hmm. and just bits of zombies mm-hmm. is a reflection of that feeling. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly why horror is so continuously fascinating to me. It's because you can you can put these things on it. There's so much metaphor. There's so much allegory, and there's so much parallel with what is what is actually going on in our in our meat space. Mm. That it's just you know if you if you allow your mind to be open to the kinds of dialogue that can exist around horror films, like maybe it's not something that you can put yourself through often, or maybe there's only select kinds of horror films that a person can enjoy. But there's a lot to dig into there if you decide to maybe start dabbling a little bit. It's never it's not a genre. I would ever be like, yo, you're missing out. Because if you can't and it upsets you, that's really that's really scary and upsetting. Like, I get mm-hmm. that. But there's also all different types. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And is it gore? 
Is it mm-hmm. suspense? Mm-hmm. Like, what is it that's bothering you? Yeah, because you'll probably you could you could find some stuff that I, you might. Like. And I tend to be a believer in that. So when I have conversations with folks, they're like, I don't really, I don't really like, I don't really enjoy horror movies. I always say, okay, well, what specifically don't you like? And then maybe like. Okay, well, if you wanted to try something, here are a few movies that aren't like those things at all that I think you might be able to enjoy. No pressure. But if you ever wanted to try and just, like, expand the horizon a bit, there is so much available. And especially, like, so much, you know, from from Europe and abroad that that you could recommend to people, too, which is another one of the coolest things about horror right now is digital distribution platforms have allowed for such a proliferation of, of global cinema that, you know, we can really easily access things like Under the Shadow, the an Iranian movie from... Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, and the protagonist of that is a uh, is you know among like anxiety about being a stay at home mom and a resentment about not being able to go back to work is a gin. Mm-hmm. And I love horror movies for the fact um, from around the world for getting to see that that filter of fear through an international perspective to see what other cultures. Yeah, it, you you relate to it. Yeah, it's yeah, a, it's a cool way to relate. To, I mean, as you said, it's empathy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's being able to feel things for other people and understanding. Oh, this is I. I I can't maybe understand these circumstances, mm-hmm. but I understand this fear. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like so many of the things in, that we're dealing with now all come out of people dealing with fear in different ways that we don't understand the that's way a, we're dealing I with it. I think that's a very good point. But yeah. it's all coming from the same innate fears that we all have just as animals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in a very animalistic format, like like horror, I, I like that it doesn't have to be subtle. I like that it can be the sort of sledgehammer of film yeah. and be like, well, we're not here to we're not here to like dance on the ice. Like we're here to come at you like a wrecking ball. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I like nuance, of course, but I also just like when something can really throw a problem in my face and sort of pick it apart. And, you know, the blood and the guts and that kind of stuff. Like I am also entertained by that as well. And I love a practical effect. Love a practical effect. It really, that is really a hard line for me. Like there are movies that people are like, "You got to see it's so great," and I'll go. And if it's like a bunch of dumb, um, just like too too mm-hmm. much CGI stuff, mm-hmm. I'm like, "I'm sorry, I'm out of it. I, I'm not connecting." Uh, that is the primary reason why I loved that in Jane Levy, Fede Alvarez's Evil Dead remake so much because mm-hmm. all of the practical they kept with the practical makeup in that, and it was so oh my god, it was so good, it was so jarring, and like the blood storm at the end. And the chainsaw and the Jane Levy versus Jane Levy. I was exhilarated. I, I got out of that theater and my friend was like, like we you can were still do it. Yeah. My friend was like, you had a great time. I was like, I had the time of my life in that movie. I'm crawling out of my skin right now. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get to this playlist. Let's get to it. Um, we normally, well, I don't know. I, I, I. I I feel like you did a remarkably good job. I just have to say this <laughs> oh, with your yeah. choices. Like I'm, I'm keeping up with you here <laughs> and trying to not make all of mine ironic choices. And like I, that was the, that was the thing I struggled with, where it was like, what kind of killer do I want to have? Am I centering this around? Yes. And I and I had a and real it's a summer vibe. It's a summer vibe, and I like I love the slasher era, and I love the fun of it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the killer that I would be imagining was a woman, and like really, I'm thinking in the vein of like a Gina Carano kind of thing. Okay, it's a. Uh, and, and really, in my slasher movie, that like she is almost the kind of hero of the story. And obviously, most of the campers are also, or the camp counselors are women, and most of them are queer because this is my rules, and I get to <laughs> I get to write them. <laughs> and I, uh, judging just by the playlist alone, hope you truly do write this. Um, but let's start with uh, let's start with your pick. All right, it's your first song. Oh, you get to introduce it. Oh, I get to introduce yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this is uh, this is a very exciting choice for me. It really is good. It was the it was the anchor track. If it's the if it's the one I'm remembering, I put first. It should be Kyrie by Mister Mister. Yes, it is. Yes. Listen to that. Listen to those fireflies. I mean, come on. It's dusk. <laughs> it's a summer camp. 
This is, I don't care what anybody says, this is the best Mr. Mister song. I don't think there's a competition. <laughs> I, I don't think other things are in the running. I don't hear enough 80s playlists where this song is not top five. Like, I, where, where is the respect for this epic, <laughs> epic <laughs> number? You got to keep this going into the song. Yeah. And, this and it's song, so perfect. That, like, this is definitely, the, you know, the counts, the, the kids are going off into the can- bunks. The yeah. counselors are like, someone's going to fuck that night. <laughs> yes. And how I imagined it was, my killer, Gina Carano, basically, mm-hmm. my killer has a sort of outpost set up away from the camp. And she's got this place, so AV like Wired. So she's watching them. Ugh. So, and the reason this song is playing is because a group of uh, queer women who are counselors are, are <laughs> setting up their bunk together. Mm-hmm. And they've just got there. They're buddies. And I basically ma- am making their life in this moment my life. And, you know, in order to get settled in, one of them, like, puts on the, their jam, puts on the group song and starts playing Kyrie. Yes, this is what we jam yeah, to yeah. when we're setting up our bunk. Yes, ladies. <laughs> and this, this would be such a weird choice for that. But, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, my, this, is, this song is so near and dear to me. This song was played over and over again among me and my friends in college. And there was a room... Uh, our, our, my friends that live down the street from me, there were uh, four of them in the house. And I've known them. They're my friends since middle school. And we would have these dance parties in this spare room that they had. And pretty often, maybe not necessarily every time we gathered, but very often there would be a point where somebody switched out from like whatever like you know, Jay Kwan song or Britney song was playing at, you know, at that time, uh, somebody, it was, it was probably one of my, my two friends, Allison or Chris would go hit play on Kyrie and then party time. Not everybody in our group would participate in this. Some would be like, this is my cue to go to the kitchen. But there was a, a, a core of us who would stay for that song every time. And with like that firefly entrance, it's like interpretive dance, yes. like the liquid arm movements mm-hmm. and everybody kind of like draws together in the middle. And then once the synth kicks in, you obviously follow your synth instincts. And you should be like, you know, maybe alternating fist pumps like left, right. And then by the time that incredible bridge comes in where the music goes out out, yeah, yeah. and the percussion (laughs) just wallops you, you should be fist pumping hard enough to dislocate a shoulder. Yeah, it's very triumphant. It's so triumphant. And at that point, we're all in a circle, just like basically it's it's like for me, it's like an internal competition. Like, can I rage the hardest in this moment? And it was just it was like one of those like dance till you black out. So this is sort of your your thrasher song. Yeah. And so this is this is what they're doing in here, getting ready for their for their time at camp. And meanwhile, the killer is watching them. Okay. She's watching them she's on like, the system. This is a weird choice for a jam. She, she's <laughs> watching them. And I imagine her making dinner at that moment and then like being like, kids. Uh-huh. And then like she's, you know, getting her mise en place prepped. And then uh-huh. she's at, at a certain Does point. Does she know she just, she's a murderer? She's planning all this murder yeah, already. Yeah, she's planning okay. this. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. she, this is she's her a mad woman. annual murder holiday. Sure. Okay. Where she, she goes all around the world. Yeah. And this year it's a summer camp she researched. It's got to be in the Midwest. She's it's probably Ohio. Life. That's fun. Yeah. I like that. She probably Maybe she has a, a, a husband or a wife. Maybe she has like kids and is an enterprising CEO. But this is uh, this is the time she takes for herself every That's year. Nice her self care. Yeah, it's her self care. Teen murder, Teen murder. <laughs> sin hunting, mm-hmm. and you know she's she's slowly prepping her dinner for the evening. Maybe it's like a chicken parmesan, mm-hmm. and she just like kind of can't help at a certain point. She just you know as she's like eating like raw bits of vegetable as she cooks, she just starts kind of like tapping along to this song, and she's she's really settling in for her like. This is going to be a fun week. (laughs) 
I'm gonna have a really good time this week. Uh, well, I I think it's a great choice. I buy it all. I buy the scene. <laughs> summer vibe. Um, we said summer vibe. It is. It's and it and it has this like like uneasy kind of feeling to it. <laughs> also, especially at the beginning, where you're like, yay! I think. <laughs> yeah. Which I think fits really well. Yeah. Um, so, and uh, going along with your female murder um, theme, uh, the next song from me mm-hmm. is Different Drum okay. by the Stone Ponies. Oh, Featuring okay. Linda Ronstadt. Oh, outstanding. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's check out these lyrics. You and I travel to the beat of a different drum. Oh, can't you tell by the way I run? Every time you me. This is so essential for a slasher movie. You cry and moan and say, it'll work out. <laughs> so uh, the song was originally written by Mike Nesmith in mm-hmm. 65, and then it rose to stardom in 67 when it was uh, recorded and released by the Stone Ponies with Linda Ronstadt. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I feel like this, I see this as like, her song, because yeah, she's a she's a. I see like a hulking female slasher. Okay, yeah, yeah, with like maybe an old, um, an old uh, 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 cassette tape deck. Sure, yeah, you know, like a Walkman. Is she a longtime resident of these woods? Is this yes. her native area? Okay. Yeah, and it's like a real beat up old Walkman mm-hmm. with like one tape, and mm-hmm. she just rewinds back and <laughs> clicks play over and over when she gets her like like a pathology with Linda Ronstadt's mm-hmm, voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she she gets her uh, machete. She mm-hmm. clicks play again. She starts walking out mm-hmm. and looking for the teens. Yeah. Time to go murder them because yeah. she's different. And you know, it's kind of a love story thing for her where she's like. Oh, yeah. this is my favorite thing. I love murdering you guys. This is her choosing her. But, you know, you run, you hide, mm-hmm. you say, come on, it's going to be okay. And it doesn't matter. I'm still going to murder you. <laughs> so it's fun for her. Yeah, it is. It's fun for her. And that's that's what I, I'm going along with that, too. Like, I'm this isn't, you know, my slasher movie is not one where it's not going to be. It's not going to be gritty mm-hmm. in this case. It's not going to be like the kills are not going to be sexualized. I'm not really here for that. Um, oh, mine are. Yeah. Okay. Mine are. Mine are some of them are going to okay. be sexualized. Well, there, there will be but sex. But in a feminist there will, yeah, way. Yeah, there will be sex. There will be sex. <laughs> but it's not going to be like the I lick your, for me, it's not going to be like the I lick your cheek. Yes. No, none of that. And caress the line of your cleavage yeah, okay, with yeah. a knife before I stab no, you. No, none of that stuff. Yeah. Which none is why Scream stuff. to me is is actually the great slasher franchise of all time. I love it. I love it. It is such a family fun experience mm-hmm. for slasher content. Yeah. Nev Campbell for life. Yeah, I just, and uh, it's it's not it's it's not exploitative. I just rewatched it recently because I, I at at the Denver Comic Con interviewed Skeet mm. Ulrich and had a real hard time not making the entire thing <laughs> yeah. about that and the craft because yeah. he didn't really want to talk about them, especially <laughs> well, not the craft. But I'm like, but, but, come, come on, on Skeet, come you on. know why you're here. Yeah, we all love it. Yeah, you know why you're in Riverdale. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Not what he that isn't wasn't his feeling. Uh, I did get to ask him if he was still into. Uh, in, not, I didn't say witchcraft or uh, something like spells. Yeah, I was like, are you still into spells? Um, and he did not find it super funny. <laughs> he found it a little funny. It was mm-hmm. okay. Um, but yeah, so different drum. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You go I on? like that. Thank you. You want to go on to your next one? Yeah. Uh, okay, what was... Because this one, this was it. I, this surprised me. Let, okay, let me, let me double check and make sure I have my proper list here. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Yeah. For number two, that will be uh, is that L'Appuntamento? Yes. By Ornella Vannoni. And yeah. I just love this song so much. 
it is. Here she comes. <laughs> the first time I heard this song was in Ocean's 12. It's on the Ocean's 12 soundtrack uh, when Brad Pitt's character, when Rusty is taking Isabel, Catherine Zeta-Jones, to meet the man who knows who her father is, a.k.a. her father, for the first time. And it's mm-hmm. the infamous the infamous con artist Lamarck, Albert Finney. And it's just, you know, one of those characteristically gorgeous shots from from Ocean's 12. I, I can't remember if they're in France or Italy, but they, you know, they approach this amazing... Europe. Let's yeah, call it Europe. <laughs> Europe. They're in Steven Soderbergh's Europe. <laughs> and they approach Albert Finney at this gorgeous villa. And this song is just like lightly dancing in the background. And we've just seen Vincent Cassell, so everybody's gorgeous. And it's, I imagine this playing. Like she's had her, she's had her dinner prep. You know, my, my killer has had her dinner prep and her little 80s jam session that she didn't anticipate. And now is like the literal and figurative sharpening of the knives. Mm. She's got like a post in her glass of wine, maybe like some stone fruit in a bowl, and she is actually sharpening her knives and sort of getting her her tools ready for the next day. And she also, because she's a prepared woman, she has gotten access to the camp's records and she has dossiers on who these counselors are. Like she wants oh, to so know. She's going through her notes. She's going through her notes. She's preparing. Mm-hmm. She's sitting in front of her AV command center. Mm-hmm. Probably never got enough uh, recognition for all of the hard work that she does <laughs> at work. preparing and studying. <laughs> She's a woman who has been uh, awarded at work with the job she's already been doing instead mm. of a job that she can grow into. Oh boy, I feel it. <laughs> I know this is the she's she's in many ways the hero of of, of my story, and she's just like you know sitting down with some classy, very tasteful like. Italian vocal music and mm. and having a nice wind down before the when it, things are going to get started the next day. Next day is going to be a big day, so it's it's wind down time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a it's a it's it's a pretty it's a very pretty song. It's very pretty. It, and I, I was I was surprised. I was like, what's the angle in this? But I see that I, it was it was a toss up because I again it's I, her self care. This is her summer yeah self care. Yeah, this is like her you know hot stone massages. <laughs> And originally, like, the, the, the song that I really had in my head was the students, mm-hmm. I'm So Young. Because I wanted something really, like, anachronistic and old mm-hmm. because we have to have that kind of yeah, stuff. Like, yeah, which yeah. is exactly why Stone Pony's song mm-hmm. in there Thank you. is Thank incredible. You. And But I was so hung up on that for a while. And then I was going through songs last night. I was like, you know what? No. I, I have a different vision. And this I started playing it. I was like, this feels so right. I can see her in the room. I can see her in the space. Just leafing through, looking at her command center, like seeing like a panel of video feeds on her TV. Does she have different murders planned out or is she just going to do what comes to her? I think she's I think she's developed a framework. It's sort of like a chance favors the prepared mind mm-hmm. thing. I think she's going to have like a series of sort of Rube Goldbergian traps around oh, the fun. area. Ooh, I love and it. she doesn't necessarily know who's going to end up in them, but she's kind of, cor- she's loose choreographed it to a point where she's really set herself up for success. Yeah. Much like she probably does at her her job. Yeah. That yeah. she doesn't get sufficient recognition at. Oh boy. <laughs> Gonna look into this holiday plan. Um, I'll go on to my next song. <laughs> now this is a song that I have mentioned in two episodes before. Mm. Or actually depending on which I think yeah two episodes before. 
Um, and uh, but never officially had on a playlist. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. So I'm taking advantage of that because I try not to do any repeats of my picks. Totally, you're in the very difficult position in that regard. Like you, like everybody gets to come in here with their five choices, and you're like, all right, I'm I'm 50 deep. So yeah, yeah. like I could not put on Deeper Underground by <laughs> Jamiroquai on this, even though I would have. Yep, yep. Um, but so uh, it's The Warrior by Patty by oh, Scandal. Yeah. <laughs> So, getting that 80s vibe. <laughs> this is this so fits on that one cassette tape yes. that your serial killer has. Yeah, she definitely. But it also can be played in the counselor's camp. Yep, yep. They jam out to this song. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's like one of them who's like a really good runner. And they're like, you're so weird about always running. Like, have fun. It's a fun summer. <laughs> Stacy, why don't you just relax? She's got to be She's Stacey. like, I'm always training. It's important to me. I'm like, whatever. You're just like this everywhere we go. Us. Yeah. Yeah. No, and this would absolutely fit, too, with the group of queers that I imagine. Okay. Stacy gets to be yeah. in there. Okay, yeah, Stacey's good. absolutely. And they're absolutely playing the warrior if they're playing Kyrie as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So so uh, I, I wanted some sort of like, uh, yeah, you know, um, um, uh, like hammering kind of rock out song. Yeah. And I felt like the warrior's the way to go. No, it's a musical also, classic for that very reason. Also, it's the the thing that she's warrioring is breaking down someone's defenses and getting them to love her, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which feels like that's right for a murderer also. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we, we've, we've talked, too, about the approval the approval element of what she's doing and how she's sort of exercising. I think both of ours are maybe in a way exercising sort of frustrations that they've developed elsewhere <laughs> and and channeling it into channeling it into the stocking of the teens at this summer camp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's I love the idea. Stacey, you're always running. God. Uh, one of my favorite <laughs> things. I mean, there's so much that I love about horror movies and so much of it is like that. All the emotional elements we're talking about, the societal elements and the, the yeah. artistry and the nuance and the practical effects. Sure. But also, I really love the satisfaction of the ham fisted. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, uh, foreshadowing that then pays off. I, I like when someone says something like like that, like. Are you really sure you don't want to take your dad's phone number with us or like whatever it is? I'm like, ha yes. You're definitely sure yeah. you don't. You're definitely Wait, sure. Wait, I thought we had shovels in this car. <laughs> it makes it too heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Something fucks up, fucked up is going to happen with those shovels they left behind. Or like whatever it is. One of my absolute sneak favorites is the remake of Sorority Row, which oh, I don't know. it um I think it came out in 2006 or 2009. First of all, the house mother, the sorority house mother is played by Carrie Fisher. Uh, Incredible. Yes. Who at one point is carrying a shotgun. Love it. But like there, I think the first death in it is the girl is played by Audrina Patridge from the hills. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like a Adrena. lower. Yeah, Adrena. <laughs> <laughs> like a not, not even, not even Heidi level hills uh-huh. cast member. She's in it. Rumor Willis is in it. And yep, she's from one the of, house bunny. Yep, yep. Rumor Willis is in it, and the the the, the slutty girl, as there has to be, mm-hmm. her nickname is Chugs. Wow, her nickname is just so. When you meet her, she's they're calling her Chugs, and you're like, I wonder what her path in this movie's gonna be. Yeah, <laughs> probably a lot of redemption. <laughs> yeah. 
and and careful thought. So when she ends up banging her like therapist and is extorting him for prescription pills because it's her job to get the party favors for the night, you're like, yeah, Jugs, I saw this coming from you. <laughs> yeah. I saw this coming I from get you. How you got that name? A little, <laughs> yeah, a little. It's yeah. so it, it it is such a it is such an improvement. Like the sorority movies from the '80s. Are, are such a special segment of horror films. And this really just takes the spirit of it and puts this like millennial, this new millennium sheen on it that is so satisfying. Mm-hmm. And the movie is very funny, very intentionally. There are a lot of parts in it where you're like laughing at things like because they're absurd, but then you're like, no, that was a great one liner. Like that was, that was such a good time. So I would highly recommend uh, Sorority Row, the remake of Sorority Row for that very reason because it it scratches that itch that like you kind of have to go to the archives to get most of the time. You have to go you have to go to the Wayback Playback to like yeah. feel that great sense of satisfaction from those slasher tropes. Cool. Um, I'm like I keep getting distracted by not wanting to pitch you my specific horror movie. <laughs> ideas because I don't want to give them away on the podcast. Yeah. This is like comedians giving away jokes on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> you guys gotta you gotta get a studio to hear my pitches. <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you later. Um so let's go to your next song. All right, my next song, uh that's number three. So that should be uh if I'm remembering the order here, uh Let's Go, <laughs> which is a trick daddy song mm-hmm. featuring uh, little John in a very Little John capacity uh, and twist up. She's doing this without notes. She's freestyling all this. And and this, what you're hearing right now is the basically radio edit version. Uh, the explicit version will be included in like the final roundup. But Little John, in his very Little John way, is screaming racial epithets. <laughs> In, in the chorus and intro that seemed like it, it would just be kind of hard to work through in this conversation because I don't I don't scream those racial epithets no yeah and if while we were talking we just kept hearing that yeah, sort of puncture the sound like, it'd be like oh, oh, I, don't, oh, I don't know if that's for so white me to comment us. on <laughs> yeah, so much yes yes, yes. Yeah. but this song came into my life uh, courtesy of the movie Stomp the Yard. Yes! Stomp the Yard. I love Stomp the Yard. Stomp the Yard, which came out in 2007, mm-hmm. and contrary to any other dance movie that has come out before or since, is the is the bar-setting dance movie, as far as I'm concerned. I love it. And, and it was right in that intersection it. of, like, dance movies, but then also, like, s- like specifically drumline step culture, yep. sort of, yep. like, black college historically black university mm-hmm. college thing yep um yeah that this just hit so many sweet spots and it, it came out at that time where there was um i'm forgetting the name of it right now but it was the it was the one that starred omarion and uh it, they came out at like the exact same time and it was it was like the los angeles battle set version of dance battle movies mm-hmm. and then this one came out and obviously we had the step ups and obviously there was honey and then but none of them had the emotional core that step up did None of them did. It was so, I mean, it was before Chris Brown was exposed as an mm-hmm. utter cancerous, toxic entity and was just like a great entertainer and really mm-hmm. fun to watch. And he's only in it for a little bit at the beginning, but you, the brotherly bond he establishes with Columbus Short, who's playing his brother, is just so real. So you're just on this journey with them the whole time. 
And a couple of me and my friends went and saw it at the $1.50 theater in Eugene, Oregon. Ooh. We went to the University of Oregon and we there was a $1.50 theater in the neighboring town of Springfield that was like the in-between theatrical run is over, not yet on home video. Right, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're familiar with this, your second run theater. Sure, yeah, the second yes. run theater. Yes, yes. And so we, it was me and two friends. We went and saw that. We walked out. We were like, I loved it. And then we recruited a group, a bigger group of our friends to come see it. And they were all skeptical. And we all walked out. Everybody walked out. They were like, that was tremendous. <laughs> so then when it came out on DVD, we all got together again. Again and watched in one of our houses. And Let's Go plays at the beginning. I'm pretty sure it plays at the beginning in the in the intro scene where you're you're in the battle zone. And it comes in screaming. And I'm pretty sure that's sampling Ozzy Osbourne, Osbourne, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah, that's yeah. sampling as as Black Sabbath, or do we no, think Ozzy as, as Ozzy? Okay. It's actually on on the episode last week. Right. Um, yes. It's uh uh it's crazy train. crazy train yeah. crazy train yes it's sampling crazy train so that comes in and then you have Lil John with just his like mid aughts booming ATL like crunk beats going crazy and then Twista I'm always down for a Twista like incomprehensibly always. fast rappers sure, yeah, 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 I yeah. totally believe Trick Daddy when he tells me that he will will and has hurt people <laughs> And that everybody knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody where mm-hmm. he comes from. Yeah, yeah. In, I'm not going to tell him his life. Yeah, I believe the him. county of Dade and MIA. And I just I don't think there is a better like get hyped song. Really, it's a great hype song. So what I see is this in the long intro to where this fits in my movie is the day she's going to start. The day the killer is going to sort of start her her hunt. She she starts out in the morning like this is a disciplined woman. She starts out with like her smoothie. She is lifting. She is do she is like out in the woods scrambling over rocks. She's surveying sort of like the routes she imagined she might take later on. She's sort of like testing out traps that she's been setting up since before the cabin since before the counselors arrived. Making some adjustments. Making some adjustments. Mm-hmm. And this is her just like doing like doing like Alicia Vikander Tomb Raider pull-ups on everything <laughs> and just like she's got the earbuds in she's in a very chic black like fitness outfit that is not athleisure it is truly tactical she is a full-on sociopath she's a total psychopath <laughs> total psychopath she does not need to be doing this <laughs> this is a successful woman clearly yeah. <laughs> and i think she has no one I don't, I'm, I'm guessing no responsibilities <clears throat> i don't think she's tied down no, she, and she may not be. Yeah, she she may not be. She yeah. could just be. She could just have a high rise in Manhattan. She's, she's got like four different cell phones back at the cabin. Yeah, yeah. She's like she's oh, answering God, emails I'm just, I'm, in between uh, all this. Yes. <laughs> and so this is her. Like she's out getting ready for the day, getting ready for the night, really. Mm-hmm. And she is just getting fucking hyped to let's go. Yeah. And maybe she's playing it a couple times over and over again. Maybe she's uh, the other contender for this spot was Lace and Leather by Britney Spears. Ooh. So it was a it was a mm. different vibe. Yeah. But like, you know, French fingertips red lips bitch is dangerous. Yeah. yeah. So she that that's you know, it's all sort of of a piece. She's just really she's bringing out the inner animal in her. I so for me, hearing this, I it made me dip into the Judgment Night soundtrack. Ooh, okay. Which I was like, is there anything I can poach from that? And there wasn't anything that felt mm. perfect. Mm-hmm. I did that know? with the Scream soundtrack, honestly. Yeah, but I but that that um, that metal and rap mm-hmm. juxtaposition. I was like, oh yeah, 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 that works for this. Yeah. Um, but e- Lincoln Park could easily have filled a hole here as well. There, <laughs> sure. yes, yeah. there could have been a, a, a new metal <laughs> entry into this as well, depending on her taste level. Yeah, um, yeah, I. I, I I, 
I like how successful and pulled together she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I worried I about feel... her nails. And all of this. <laughs> yeah. They've got to be short, obviously. But yeah, maybe part of that, like the the sharpening of the knife, she was actually like filing oh, her nails so cute. too. Oh, that's cute. I like like that. she was she was murder manicuring. Yeah, the night it's like before. she noticed and was like. Wait a minute, I can shape that up a yeah, little bit also. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is not a woman who takes half measures. So. Yeah. so then later on, when we have a close-up of her hand, when she gets like some blood on the gel tips, she's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, fuck that, yeah. no. And make sure to wipe that off Yeah, and that's like the most upsetting that it happened during the past hour. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. Gotta write this, man. Gotta write it. <laughs> um, my next song is, um, well, we'll go right to the song. It's It's a more obvious choice. It's Monster by Kanye West. <laughs> I was absolutely in my my mind palace. So, to me, at this point, this is stalking in some some woods. Oh yeah, she's out again. My my hulking uh, murderer. Yeah, she's just stalking through those trees. She knows exactly what the paths are. Lights coming through. Mm-hmm. Some of the like trees. The, through like the fog, like yep. filtered lighting through the trees. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we kind of see her, and then we kind of don't. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. By the time the Nikki verse kicks in, she's just beast mode. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's surprising how fast she can move, <laughs> considering her size. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is like at least a Janet Janet McTeer statured woman. Also, like more muscular than Janet McTeer, but just yeah. like fills a doorway. Yeah. Yeah, but she and and like big coats, <laughs> yeah. like some sort of like oily duster. Like you don't judge her for her body yeah. because it's not about what it's shaped like; it's about what it can do. Yeah. And what it can do is tear people apart. Yeah. It is a proven weapon. Yeah. It oh, you don't value women's weapon. bodies for strength. Well, <laughs> she's gonna murder some teens and prove you wrong. Yeah, because in my in, in my because like I have I've referenced the cabin of lesbians, but there's definitely like a cabin of men also there. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, there's definitely a cabin of men also there. And, and and they're going to be like prime target. Like she has different kinds of plans for each cabin. Sure, because sure, sure. she too wants to topple the patriarchy. Yeah, she's not taking a vacation from toppling the patriarchy just because she's on her murder holiday by a summer camp. Yeah, um, no one gets to take a vacation from the patriarchy. <laughs> Nobody, not even men. <laughs> not even men. It's just really that's the, the 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 prison that's that we're all in that we're all trying to <laughs> stalk and kill. I know. <laughs> I don't know. I got to work on that metaphor. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And uh, of course, this is from uh, my beautiful Twisted Fantasy. Yep. My beautiful, dark, Twisted Fantasy Perfect. from 2010. That could basically be the title right, of the movie. Right? <laughs> I mean. Yep. Um, and yeah. Um, so that's mine. I've, let's let's keep going. I keep wanting to, I want to hear more of this story. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Okay. My story, <laughs> my story is progressing. My story is progressing. Yeah. And okay. So then for my next song, my fourth song, it is Slow Like Honey by Fiona Apple. Oh, give yourself over. I mean, I didn't come to title on time. Oh, I didn't come to it. Well, you would have been pretty young for it, right? I would have like been 96. 96, I would have been 11. I would have been 11. So I, obviously I loved Criminal and the music video is inspired. And I know, I realize now that she was like 19 when she was doing all this stuff, which is mind blowing. Like, it's crazy what Lord did, but then like you hear this kind of stuff, it's like, whoa, well, and Fiona. And also all the shit that got piled on her after that. Like oh. and the 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 stories about her concerts where she would be like, I'm done, fuck all of y'all. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, imagine what this person has been through and uh-huh. the pressures on her and the expectations. I I would first I mean, 
I haven't played the size shows that she was playing as a headliner. Sure. (laughs) Um, But I've definitely had sets where I have flipped out and been like, you know what? Fuck all you guys. (laughs) You guys kiss my ass. I don't even like walk up and and been like, that was not earned or deserved. (laughs) That was the wrong thing to do. (laughs) And I can only imagine were I on that scale. Like where it was 100% earned and deserved for her to put her fucking foot down. And or sometimes maybe not 100% in that moment, like everyone in that room didn't mm-hmm, mm-hmm. deserve that, but cumulatively yeah. and in the situation that she's in and having to do it with so many people being able to comment about mm-hmm. it afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's not just some dark bar where she's playing a singer-songwriter night. Yeah. It's a huge show where she's like, bah! And here here we have a singer-songwriter who is a woman who is being pushed by forces more powerful than her that she resents mm-hmm. and fighting back and saying, no, I'm not going to play by your societal rules or do what you want me to do. <laughs> Much like our killers we have mm-hmm. here today. So are we actual, <clears throat> actually doing murders yet? Yes. No, we're, we're, okay. this, is, this is where we start murders because the reason I picked this song is because I think this is the most sexy song I've like ever heard hmm. and the first time I actually heard it I was playing Wait, do you know whoop there it is <laughs> I'm sorry have you not heard rum shaker <laughs> yeah I'm sorry uh, you're not familiar with it did we not just play let's go by Lil John <laughs> in this booth and, but no the, the I put on title and I had just gotten it I was like in I think I was in middle school at that point so I was in my like it was like late later 90s or early early aughts could have been high school but I put it on and like criminal played and I was like oh yeah it's so awesome and then this song came on I never heard any other songs that hadn't been released as singles and I was home by myself and I truly froze and I just like looked at the speakers like who gave you permission <laughs> how did you know Fiona how'd you know and I just like sat on the floor next to the speakers and just like let it rain over me and it was like and I started crying just like halfway through the song I was just so moved wow. and it's just like and the whole kind of like torrid romance of the song too I am this is in this movie because this is in this slasher because this is where two of the girls have snuck off and they found, like, obviously the unused utility shed that's mm-hmm. got to be there. And they're going to go have sex. And Are they having sex again? Or is this they're finally having sex? No, they're, they're, they're probably a couple. Like, I'm okay. just, I, think, right. I think this is going to be, right. like, a couple. Just, and they're like, sure come on, to, let's go. Where these stakes are. Yeah, trying no. to make sure where the, I know where the stakes are. And I, and I, I, I Emotionally. Do, yeah, no, no. Not these, through hearts or anything. I, my, my second favorite scenario would be one of the girls is dating one of the boys at the camp. and okay. But the, like, very Shane, Catherine Modig lesbian has, like, seduced her away. Mm-hmm, but I also just wanted to be she's like, what's even going on? with me yeah but i also just wanted to be two confident lesbians having like a super hot sex scene where they're like we're doing this on purpose and we know exactly who we are and confident what we want. lesbians can also be having sex with each other for the first time oh absolutely <laughs> but i like i'm trying to figure out the relational dynamics of sure. my lady cabin and i think this yes. can be a couple where it's like yeah. oh, no come on we're you gonna do come this on? thing yeah. we're very good at it's like a stolen moment but everybody sees them leaving they're like oh fuck like there yeah, there yeah, they yeah. go and they're like sorry it's what we do yeah exactly like it's not it's not a they're not it's not okay. illicit in that way it's very tastefully filmed but it's very hot and <laughs> I I, I want to underscore just like how much this song resonates with me because I myself am a pan romantic gray asexual. Okay, are that you gonna is, unpack it? Or are you gonna yeah, no, that? I can totally okay. unpack it. I can totally unpack it. And I won't I won't spend forever <laughs> on it either. But like pan romantic, capable of having romantic crushes on men or women or pan anybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, asexual, obviously an obvious word there. And can I? Yes, pan as opposed to bi. That's just an acknowledgement that it's not we're. we're Beyond two gender 
a, a, a bi gender spectrum. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think it's like the, the gender. I feel fluid. like that's a big question mark people always have about bi or pan. Yeah, I, and I was thinking about that re- recently too when I was talking to somebody about this. Like, I used the word pan, and I was like. About by and then I was like, no, because it really like wouldn't matter to me if it was a trans person. Like, I, so the, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like it, it's basically saying men, women, and whatever else you yeah, choose to it, describe yeah, yourself. And, it, as. and if you're like, I'm a non-pronoun, yes. like I go by Q, yes. and I don't prefer you call me either of those things. Like, great, okay, cool, cool, cool. And so asexual, obviously, being the, the easy to understand, like non-sexual. But then there's the gray caveat. What is the Meaning gray? That's it's not an alien. It's not thing? a. It's not a hard and fast. It's not a hard and fast rule. So like for me, it it, it is gray asexuality because while I am, I've never had sex. I am. I'm not a. Mm. It's not a priority I've ever had. It's not something I really feel super moved to do I generally have a policy of I've never dated anybody and my general policy is if I don't like you enough to date you I don't like you enough for you to be inside me Mm -hmm. so which is just pretty much led to I haven't had sex with anybody Mm -hmm. it's not something that bothers me it's not something that like keeps me up at night every once in a while I'll check in with myself I'm like so are you not you know trying you know exploring this part of your life because you're afraid or is this because you really you just don't care to do it and and so far I've ended up with like no it's just really not something I have an interest in Hmm. Um, but because there are you know the L word Shanes of the world because there are the Kate Modigs, there are the Chris Hemsworths, there are the Priyanka the Chopras people? of the world. That is a gray. Yeah. That, that is a gray. <laughs> so it's like, no, I'm not interested. I mean, unless... Yeah, unless I... Uh, I should be seduced by a movie star. <laughs> exactly. Well, then... <laughs> well, then who am I to say? Like, it, it's not a... It, it's So it's it's not like a... You know, because with, with aromantic, asexual folks, it's like, I, I've, I've been told... I've heard it described as like, it's an orientation of no. Mm-hmm. My orientation is no. Yeah. I don't want you to touch me. I don't want you to... Like, no. No romance. And, and that is not me. I'm, I'm a... I'm also, I would say it's probably preferential homo affectionate if we want to throw in more like hyphenates in there. (laughs) (laughs) And so all of this is for me to plug asexual (laughs) representation because there's almost literally none of it anywhere. And I think that's important. I'm thrilled to have it on my podcast. My my heroine is definitely going to be the avatar of me will be the asexual character in the movie. I mean, she's got more time to think. She's, I I truly don't know how you people manage your time. I don't either. I don't know how you manage your time. It sucks. It's like a sickness. (laughs) I would prefer to not have that. Yeah. (laughs) And the re- so the reason this song resonates with me so much is because like I like it, it I hear this song and I'm like you know maybe I should be out having sex with people <laughs> I hear the song it's like you know maybe sex is like a thing I should be pursuing and making uh-huh. priority because this song is sexy is sexy if this is if this is like the state of mind that I'm gonna be in like yeah okay I should probably do that all the time. And so this song is going to be playing for the two women who are about to go hook up. And they've like they've played on like, you know, like, you know, some like iPod, you know, speaker system thing that they have with them. A Bluetooth. Yeah, a Bluetooth, some mm-hmm. Bluetooth capable mechanism. But and like that's 80s, gonna be 80s Bluetooth. 80s, 80s Bluetooth technology. <laughs> and so that's going to be playing and that's going to be overlaid as our killer approaches. So she's going to be making this sort of like panther stalking, like she's going to be sizing them up while they're having sex. And it's going to be like cutaways to them and then it's going to be cutaways back to her. And then... At a certain point, like probably after they're, you know, like done having sex and they're like, you know, just like on the cot that they've found and is on the ground. Um, that is when I, m- my killer will come in and she will execute her vision. She will get this weekend fully started in earnest for herself. I also do I really appreciate or, or like the um, the idea of that blending of murder and love. In, <laughs> uh, basically, the different twists on obsession Mm -hmm. um, in this kind of situation where you have someone who's been like stalking these Mm -hmm. people paying so much attention to them and at a certain point it's like 
Like, are you like in love with them? Well, in that, like, in that lyric, like you moved, so you moved much. like honey in my dream last night. Like yeah. this is an active fantasy for like everybody involved. Yeah. And now she's finally like she's not rushed. She's methodical. She's a tactician. And so this song also corresponding with her sort of like patience and her sort of you know, care for this moment and also like, you know, mm-hmm. being really exhilarated by it, but having gotten that kind of out of her system with Trick Daddy earlier. Sure. Yeah, you know, yeah, she's yeah. now kind of like settling into like a Zen space. So she's like, chill out, Allison. Just get through this. Yeah, just get through this. You know what you want to do and you know you're good at it. <laughs> yeah. So just do it. You you work up to this all year long. It's your favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, that is the very long explanation for why Slow Like Honey is in this playlist. Awesome, awesome uh, queer sex scene super cut into uh, the premier kill in my in my slasher story. Mm-hmm. You got a pitch for the kill? I I wondered about that. Is it like is is there one fast and is there one slow? Does she like come up behind one of them and it's just like oh, a throat slit and that's a, and the other one's like <clears throat> oh fuck oh fuck yeah and, and then, then she gets to like chase and then I would like bit. for there yeah I would like for there to be like a minor skirmish like she gets like maybe she gets maybe blindsided with like a clay pot like a that's sitting a terracotta pot that's sitting in like this like storage house shed thing nice. and it kind of jars her but then ultimately she's like oh good like this is fun like this is why I'm here like I'm not here to just like cherry pick people off like then she's exhilarated then it's like a little bit of a chase down in the woods yeah i would kind of like you know if you've got two people coupling in any sort of way mm-hmm. um uh it's a great opportunity for them both to be bisected at once yeah which yeah. would be really fun but then it's like what how, how are you doing that what, yeah. do you, what do you got what rigging is that happening with <laughs> yeah. and she could have though she's been setting traps that's true there could be there could be a falling blade that they have yeah, not noticed yeah, some, so from like some old speedboat from the lake or something yeah she could that could like she could like activate them activate like a trawling motor with mm-hmm. like what she's worked up outside then she releases a kind of hinge from this boat that's hanging from the ceiling of the the shed and then it falls and then you have the moat you have the blade like spinning through both of them and Ugh. just like ribbon cutting them up Perfect. Yeah, that could also be happening. Okay, it's okay. The just, it's, know, the it's the first kill. It's the first kill too, so it should be showy. Yeah, it should be, sh- yeah, should be yeah, showy. showy, but not too show. You know, you don't want to blow it <laughs> yeah, all yeah. right there. Can't be the climax. Um, so I feel like now we're we're just having fun, right? <laughs> we're in it. We're having a good time. Yeah. So again, uh, a, a real uh, down the center pick. Only the good die young. Yeah. <laughs> this is a great. Uh, there's uh, a lot of great harmony in our choices. <laughs> They're very complimentary. Yeah. She's. She's rocking. She's picking up some speed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and her oily coat. Yep. <laughs> Come out the hey, and who's getting murdered? <laughs> Kids. Murder and teens. I love Billy Joel, so I'm right? happy to see him anywhere. I mean, she may as well, I mean, he may as well have been writing it about this story. <laughs> Uh, I, we, you, you were in conversation with the the essence of Billy Joel as he existed in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, off of uh, The Stranger from 77. <laughs> yes. Um, and I, this was one that I was like, this has to be in like a million different horror movies. It's just so perfect. Yeah, it seems like it should be. But I couldn't tell you a one. Yeah, me neither. It just, yeah, it's one of those ones that like it exists in the DNA of horror yeah. films. It's like, and it's over credits. People being like, oh, I get it. Yeah, 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 okay. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Good day. <laughs> yeah. I got you. Yeah. Um, so, in, and it also kind of gives an opportunity for us to have our final girl, should there be just one, mm-hmm, if maybe mm-hmm. not the gang. Mm-hmm. Um not be necessarily chased, which yeah, they're they usually are. Is it chaste or chased? Chased. I would chaste. say chased. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The old cliche of uh, the virgin lives and mm-hmm. all the sexual people die. Yeah, like, yeah. Hey, well, you know what? 
No shame. No. In any life choice. No. Does not mean you're going to be murdered by our girl. No, I like, I like, I like the sex scene as a setup for a kill just because, like, why not? That's fun. Like, yeah, let's yeah, throw, yeah. let's throw the carnal, the, the carnal dimension delights in the same space. And it's a great way to get people extremely vulnerable. Exactly. And, but like, as far as like sin killing goes, like, nah, like yeah. that's that, we don't need that. Yeah. And whose definitions on who is good? Yeah, exactly. good? Yeah. We're not, no, thank you. We're not going out, like Orrin Hatch doesn't get to decide who lives and dies in our, in our movie. Right. No. <laughs> Allison does. Yeah. Allison. Allison is deciding her fate and the fates of those around her. Mm-hmm. She is in control she yeah. is the ceo today so how did you what came how did how, how did you come to writing about horror movies was that part of your whole pitch part uh, with for your job and your career or once you were in the room were you like hey it was, side note it was kind of it was it was it was more that version and i'm very lucky uh that two of two of my presiding you write about no 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 it's not all i write about and i'm definitely interested in many things but it is definitely i i kind of arrived just in time i've been at vulture now since uh july of 2016 mm-hmm. and right that sort of happened in a moment when sort of broader receptiveness to horror films was happening mm-hmm. and I pitched it as something when I when I came on board it was like this is something I'm really interested in I kind of feel like there's no trash genres anymore I don't think so. I don't think there are things that are off limits. Yeah. Like anything you could be elevated. It's just how do you execute it? Yeah. Like where you like upgrade where that is something that could have skated by as just like a tacky kind of B movie mm-hmm. is a really good like elevated form of a B movie. Like it's it's so entertaining. It's so good. And it's not because like we're laughing at Logan Marshall Green for how silly it is or or how ham fisted it is at, you know, at Lee Wan L. It's like that was such a fun time like that did its job so well and I think because like the monoculture is dead and it's shattered into a billion little tiny niche cultures everybody insists on the legitimacy sometimes like a group of assholes that their thing is the best thing and that they know the best way to do it Mm -hmm. Star Wars and now Hannah Gatsby yeah I mean in in my world and that's absolutely comics are like it's not stand up like Mm -hmm. it's something different and I feel like I saw people saying the same same thing about get out like yeah it's not horror well no it's yeah it is. It's something different. You haven't seen this before. Yeah. So how do you? How can you know right now exactly what it is? And be I able mean, to I like, like it. It's good and everything. It's just it's not that. Yeah. Like, calm down. Yeah. And the idea that like, wow, you really want to participate in something that is defined so statically that would prevent you from growing and evolving in different directions. Why do you want that? Fear. Again. Yeah. And I feel like it's fear and safety. Like especially with these things that people found as children, and are like, okay, this is how this is part of my world and mm-hmm. part of my identity. Mm-hmm. I know who I am because I'm somebody who likes this. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, this version of it is different. I'm not sure if I like it as much, mm-hmm. and uh, it doesn't make me feel the same things. It makes me feel something different. So who am I? Yeah. I am adrift in the universe. <laughs> it's like I guess you're a pastiche, and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> and I and it, it, there was so much what happened. That, like when Evil Dead came out, like I remember the Fede Alvarez's Evil Dead came out, and I remember it's sort of like a. It's never going to be. It's never going to be as good as the original. It's like um, the original wasn't good. <laughs> that was That's the, point. the point. It was, and like Sam Raimi will not tell you it was well, a great movie, and, and it's like. I I find it fascinating when people remake the same things. I like I think it's such a weird modern art thing. Yeah. And that's what he was doing. Yeah. Uh, I he he was showing you process. And horror lends itself to that extremely well. Like it's all horror horror thrives and is built on 
in in a many many cases remixing tropes that you see as familiar and doing it in a novel enough way to make you be like oh that was interesting and different but it's taking these foundational things that like these beats that you know are going to hit these killer archetypes that you know are going to exist and you know every once in a while a get out does come along and does something truly that hasn't been done before and you don't see it that often but like George Romero did that but you can also still find those same beats in it just hidden in yes, different ways just hidden they're it's, not it's, the tent pack- posted in the same way exactly exactly and so I I, I appreciate I like horror remakes I like I like sequels fine sure and with remakes it's like hey if you have a different vision of Jason I like Jason as a piece of iconography I'll watch your Jason movie like yeah definitely like I'm not gonna we're so far removed from like knowing if repackaging or remixing something can work. It's like, how about if it's just a good story if it works? And if it's bad, we can criticize it for being bad and, and critique it that way. Mm-hmm. But for writing it off at the outside, it was like, well, I don't know. Well, and what was it? There's some quote about how like uh, Shakespeare wrote every story and that, like, there's only 40 stories or something that can be, mm. and everything is a version of that. Mm-hmm. And like, well, okay, yeah. And, and also horror. Like, yeah. There's only, fine, there's there's a dozen horror movies. Yeah, yeah. Make and, something new with them. And you and, know what's and, good? But it's still the same the thing, and that's fun. The entire menu at a Mexican restaurant. Yes, it's all just beans and cheese, it's but all, it's good. It's all wrapped <laughs> in different ways with, like, the same core five ingredients, and I will love all of them. Yeah. Like, that's that's fine. We're not out here criticizing the taco truck, like, for making a quesadilla, which is just a hot taco. Like... <laughs> It's a hot, flat taco. Delicious. Yeah. It's a taco with some pressure. <laughs> it's a taco with some that really holds up under the yeah. pressure. Yeah, and bless and a it for that. Cheese. <laughs> exactly. And and so I I just I and and coming into to writing about this like it 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 happened at just the right time with sort of where the, the zeitgeist was putting it and I was been I've been very lucky to have uh, editors above me who are big horror fans as well and so they see the value I, it's not me convincing them of the value of this it's it's them seeing what's happening culturally and also being like no nah, I like these movies too and and being able my my goal is to to hopefully package things in the kinds of ways that we're having these conversations here you and I so people even if maybe they're not interested in horror right now maybe they can read something that I that I put out there on a, on a very mainstream publication like Vulture and be like oh I didn't think about it that way before like I just did a giant guide to like queer presence in horror cinema hmm. and even if you're not interested in horror maybe you're interested in like queer cinema and you look back at that it's like oh I wonder what specifically was going on in these hammer horror films from the 1930s mm-hmm. in the heart of like the Hayes Code era mm-hmm. that's just cool and to then see another example of how queer presence has evolved generally in pop culture like I think it's an important thing to look at and see when you look at how queer presence is received now and especially I have a couple friends who are high school teachers and it seems a bit like they've talked to me about like one of them did a course around angels in America and it didn't really land with the kids hmm. because a, it's very dense and you kind of need to have a contextual awareness of things well, going on in that era. When yeah, it was written. I was going to say very late eighties, but very they early didn't 90s. see, they didn't understand why it was a big deal to have a play about gay issues. Hmm. They were like, it's not a big deal anymore. Like they're gay. So what? And you know, my they don't understand that surely classmates around them are probably feeling pretty resident reticent about exploring their own like same sex feelings because mm-hmm. they're in the pressure cooker of like a social media connected high school environment. But there is a distance from these kinds of things that people have had to fight for. And then, you know, so when I write something, when I did something like like the queer horror piece that tracks like basically a century of, of queer presence in horror with this, the help of this amazing professor, Harry Benchoff, who wrote Monsters in the Closet, which is an awesome queer horror uh, film reference text. Um, going back through something like that, it's like, yeah, guys, it wasn't you couldn't always make, you know, what 
keeps you alive. This, you know, horror movie about two lesbians on their anniversary retreat that's coming up later this year. You couldn't always make The Hunger. Like, that wasn't mm-hmm. actually an option in 1930. You had to be like, oh, yeah, that that limp-wristed character probably has, like, some subtext to him. I like, kind of feel like maybe you could in the 30s, <clears throat> but then not in the 50s and 60s. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, no, no, I, I there, think that's There are some point. of these things that, like, we're, we, the, we draw away from and, and draw to. Well, and it's like, yeah, it's, it's funny when you see things like the things before people knew how to be dumb about being afraid of them. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, that there there were like there were there was more They're closer just... to more gay presence in like the 20s mm-hmm. before it was like, oh, we should probably criminalize that and yeah, call it's, it it's bad. It's a threat to something. Yeah. Before the Catholic Church rose up and founded the Legion of Decency and was like, you know what, Hollywood, we're tired of this. And then they legislated them out of existence. Well, and, and it also is uh, like right along parallel to the treatment of women in yep. movies. Like, yep. OK, now now they can't be in a bed together. We have to have two separate beds. Yep. So all the sexual tension goes into the workplace mm-hmm. so we have great workplace dramas <laughs> <laughs> but it's very weird depictions of marriages and home life mm-hmm. um and you know being single and all that shit um also gosh there's something that you're saying oh the representation of women for me in horror movies mm-hmm. um first of all i think it's interesting that we're like yes being able to address all kinds of different things that terrorize us yeah your baba duke kind of yeah. areas yeah um but also it's a it's an area much like Disney princesses that I've heard a lot of criticism about, mm-hmm. like and I, which I appreciate and understand is valid. But on the other hand, I'm like, yeah, but still, they, these were, are also characters that are driven and mm-hmm. listening to themselves and their guts mm-hmm. in. Uh, a way that like no one else in the movies are like I forget the 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 lead girl in Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, oh, uh, the the actress's name yeah. or yeah, well, either I, I, yeah, I know who you're talking. Nancy, yes, Nancy, yeah. yeah, like just running around being like, "This is happening." Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, "You're crazy." Yeah, just and she just had to Nancy. be like, "No, I am not." And the, and the key <laughs> to everyone surviving was her being like, "Even if you're telling me I'm crazy, I'm gonna listen to me." Mm-hmm. And I'm like. Yeah, I liked getting that message as a kid. Yeah, that well, I think that was good. And it's also, it's also, I, I, I would, I would struggle. I would think make a, I would make a strong think. I can make a strong case, and I, not that it's a, a novel thought that. It is a genre that, as problematic as it is, has also put women at the front and center more than any other genre over the past half century. I would say, especially the lasting ones, the yeah. the, the the movies that we all know and think about and talk yes. about, like the uh, the B movies that we forgot about. Yeah, yeah, those just cut our boobs off. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> it's, it happens. A different thing. Yeah. yeah, no, and and so it, there is all all mo- all the whole industry is problematic in in the way that it, it treats and handles and allows women to to tell their own stories and be embodied and confident on on screen but i think in horror film you at least you're starting from the block of they're visible mm-hmm. it's not a we need to make up for the fact that they've been missing the whole time and we need to make sure the representation is better and not just exploitative they're already there and these stories are already typically anchored around women and so it's like, all right, we've got the visibility, we've got the presence, we need more of a behind the camera presence. But now they're here. We already we don't need to bring we don't necessarily need to bring more in to get up to like the quota levels for that. It's like now let's just make it fucking better. Yeah. And if we bring more of them in, we bring more women into the room at every level in well, front of the camera the and behind thing. it. Yeah. Then they can tell us how to make this shit yeah. better. When you said women telling their own stories, I'm like, but yeah, directors, we need more female yep, directors. Yep. yep female absolutely. Screenwriters mm-hmm. and that. And I feel like that's true of so many different things. I was ranting yeah. about this the other day with uh, it's true trans- of so many different 
different things. And genre horror is a genre that you can make so cheap that is a place where so young filmmakers not? can get a chance taken on them. And often do. Give this lady so a, many $2 of our, million. Of our hottest directors right now, yeah. their first released was... Uh, a horror movie yeah. that that hit and was fun for some mm-hmm. reason. Well, then you have, um, or you, even wasn't, didn't hit, but they got a, they got one in the bag. Yeah, and then you have Luca Guadagnino, one of our like incredible visual masters of now, like making like putting out Suspiria later this year. And mm-hmm. then you have you have How Danny. How are you feeling about that? I'm thrilled. Okay, I loved that trailer so much. Okay, all right. I'm. Are you seem apprehensive? I'm just such a big fan of the original. <laughs> But it can be something else with the same title. There's no, there's. I, I don't want to be the the like. I like the other one. Like now, there's two. Doesn't I, I think that I think a comforting thing about I think a comforting thing about it in this regard is that like the Giallo era and the Giallo adjacent era, and and what Argento did is so specific to him that truly nothing is. The color palette is totally different. That's, like nothing yes. is trying to, and, and which is which is part of Argento's gripe. I think the whole but thing the, was the color palette. Yeah, the, 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 I think my the quote that I saw from that I really liked was like. You know, Suspiria was like an energy and and like and a vibe. And if you're not gonna if you're gonna recreate the vibe, then it's just a carbon copy, which you can't do. But if you're not gonna recreate the vibe, then it's not Suspiria. So why make it? Well, that and is I love I love that I love him just saying feeling, it out loud. But also, I do feel like sometimes these things. Um, will point back to the original and make people interested in that. That and that's that's a that's a hope I of watched, mine as well. I watched the the original Beguiled because mm-hmm. uh, the the one that came out last year mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, yeah, this earlier one is wild. <laughs> this is a fun time." <laughs> and I wouldn't have watched this otherwise. <laughs> um so yeah, uh I'm sorry I interrupted you and you were talking about Oh, no, that's okay. That's okay. We've covered a lot of ground. Yeah, 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 yeah. We both talk pretty fast. <laughs> um well, you want to go to your last yeah, song? Yeah, let's go your to the last song. song. The last song, it, it's the, I, I was worried that I, I wasn't uh, going dark enough. I was like, I, I'm not necessarily being ironic, but I'm not going dark in my choices. And I wanted to do something a little heavier handed. So for my fifth song, it is Army of Me by Bjork. Yeah. <laughs> And then some electronic. In I there. will not. I will not profess to get Bjork, and not in the way like I don't get it. But in the like, I have not invested nearly enough time in unpacking this, you know, enigmatic and brilliant figure that is Bjork. I just know that I like a few of her songs that I've heard, and they're really great. Yeah, I think Bjork is hard to uh, encapsulate and be like. I like. I mean, unless you're. Unless you you appreciate, I think people appreciate Bjork yeah. more than they're like a jam on all these tunes. <laughs> when I when I when I kind of see like online discourse about like like breaking down like the Bruins of Bjork, I'm like, do you get it though? Like I yeah. was kind of this reaption, just like, are you making shit up? Because I'm talking know Bjork. sugar cubes and Bjork or <laughs> yeah. just solo stuff or what? <laughs> and of course, you have the whole school of like, yeah, I love it. oh so quiet, right? Yeah. Like, that's a real outlier. Yeah, but sure. <laughs> yeah, I love I love Oh So Quiet. Yeah. And and the first time I heard Army of Me is was in one of my another another movie pick was one of my favorite movies of all time, Tank Girl from uh, 1995. Lori yeah. Petty, right? Lori Petty yeah. and Baby Naomi Watts. What? Naomi Watts. I remember is, she was in that. She's the pilot. She's oh my she's the brunette who she like rescues from the sexual predator in like the sand shower. I totally forgot that. That is Naomi Watts. Huh. And um, this scene that this song plays in, it's when they go into like the den of iniquities, like when they go to that vice palace 
this um, liquid silver. Yeah, this seems Vice Palace. Yeah, and when they go in, there's all these like people in scant clothing like dancing mm-hmm. in this They're freaking pool. them out with their sexuality. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and this song is playing as like women are like dancing in water and everything's silver. And I heard it. And I just I hadn't really heard a song like that before. And I was just like, this is a cool song. <laughs> and it was one of those like before we had the technology to look shit up. I heard it and it was just like. One of those, you're the forever stuck in your head songs where it was like, as soon as I had access to music downloading technology, I was like, I gotta find, find that. that song from Tank Girl. Find that, I need to find that song from Tank Girl. You can tell me what it is. And um, so this is one of those songs and I wanted to go darker and it felt, and like I, there's a, a line in it where she says like, you're, I, I'm like, all I can hear is the intro to it now, but where she says like, your rescue, like your rescuers will not come find you. Like your rescue squad has been exhausted. Mm-hmm. And so there's this like, you know, that heavy, like industrial 90s tech crush coming from it with her strange alien voice and what I imagine is this is going to be a real centerpiece kill where she where where uh, Allison basically mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is where she's going to take out a couple men okay yeah this is All where right, she's going to take okay. out a couple men mm-hmm. so she's going to have some fun with this mm-hmm. and she's probably going to lure oh, use did they think they were going to be heroes yeah yeah she's probably going to use her wiles to like lure them into like a woods area like a f- deeper woods area where she's obviously got the whole thing rigged mm-hmm. one of them is going to end up tied to a tree and he's going to hang out there and she's going to like make sure he knows that he's next while she sets off and like looks at his friend. She, she's basically like, you know, run. And so then he's off into the woods with her. Yeah. With her traps. Mm-hmm. And she's just toying with them at that point. So then, his leg snapped. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so by the time she gets to him, like his Achilles heels are rolled up in his calves mm-hmm. and he's just. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great visual. <laughs> and, you know, and she can just really take her time with him. And then she can go back to the tree whenever she's ready and mm-hmm. like. Do what she wants to. Oh with yeah, that and guy. he's just been simmering in terror. Yeah, yeah, simmering in terror. So she, maybe she makes it quick because she was like, "No, the, the the fun was knowing that you were here hanging on a line the whole time." Mm-hmm. Maybe she. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Maybe, maybe she's like obscured her face. I mean, maybe, maybe our our ladies are the same lady. Who mm-hmm. knows? Um, <laughs> and sh- so, so they're like, well, "Who is this person to tie me up?" And then she comes back full on like um, uh, uh, executive glam, and it's like, "Please, can you help me? Someone's chasing me in this woods. Yeah. <laughs> she's crazy." And he's like, "I don't know what tie me." And then she's like, "Okay." And then she fucking kills him. And he's like, "No, it was you, <laughs> Allison. It was yeah. Allison the whole time." Yeah, and she's like, "I was fucking with you," <laughs> just to give him that one second of like, "Oh, I'm gonna be okay now." Yeah, and. Uh, it's Im- she's going to save me. It's important to me that for most of the movie, like at least most of the movie, because I think she I think she lives. I don't think I, I think the final girl like wins yeah, her so respect we've got to have a and second, lives. We have a sequel. That's... Yeah, I, I think the final girl wins her respect and lives. But otherwise, like, no, like, you're not really ever worried that she's going to that she you're not ever thinking that she's going to die because she's so proficient at this. Well, and that's that's kind of why I like those like huge or what I like about the the like huge ex- executioner style obscured yeah. face murderers is the, just the juggernaut of it. Like there's no vulnerability. There is no like, oh, what, how are we going to take them down? Yeah, it's how are you going to survive? Yeah. It's not a matter of taking them down. I see her as masking herself if when she is hunting down the women and I see her as being unmasked when she's hunting down the men because she mm-hmm. wants the men to see who's taking them out. Yeah. She yeah. she wants them to be very aware yeah. of who's dominating them in that moment. Yeah. That's that's my vision. I just like that, like giving them the idea that, oh, I'm a woman, so clearly <laughs> I'm a victim too. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then she's like, no, I'm not. I'm the fucking murderer. <laughs> <laughs> murder, murder, murder. Put your in sides on the outside yeah um well my final song mm-hmm. is um it's it, uh, it's kind of a zag 
Um, I love a zag. And it's explicitly. My friend Jason tells me that like you love a zag. I love a zag. And this is it's a real it's a it's a cute it's a cutesy pick. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Cuz I just could not stop imagining this as a as like a music video uh-huh. set in the scene. <laughs> it's Problem by Ariana Grande. Oh, I love Ariana Grande. <laughs> Okay, so Ariana is running, and she's like, oh my god, I have to not die. <laughs> she's running around the woods with her high ponytail, oh, but yeah. she's kind of flirting with this killer. <laughs> like, oh my god, is she still after me? Stop it. Okay, I'm behind a tree. Does she see where I am? I'm gonna run, eek. Ariana and Grande has the big dick energy to do that. Yeah, but she, it, but it's, it's like this total flirting thing the whole time. I mean, the, again, our, our juggernaut murderer, she doesn't know what the, this is any kind of flirting thing. But it's like a lot of a lot of Ariana Grande mugging and yeah, I can, swooning. I love that. And, um, and I don't want to get killed by her, but I kind of do. I'm being bad. I'm being so bad. bad. Um, so the, the dance that that these slashers and victims do. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I, I, I am a big fan of Ariana Grande. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm a big Ari. I'm a big Ari fan. Her, I don't know if you saw her new music video. Not yet. For, for God is a Woman. Minaj? No, that that was uh, the one, like, The Light is Coming. Yeah. This one is for... Um, God is a Woman. This is for God is a Woman. There is actually a moment in it where she swings, like, does a hammer throw, shatters a glass ceiling. Wow. As the frame cuts back, as the frame pulls back. What does it mean? She is standing, like, you know, hip-popped, like, arms on on the the waist. And as glass shards fall around her, she is in a beam of light coming from basically a divine vagina of two, like, women's legs that are just, like, open with, like, heels planted on the floor on either side of her. A lot of vaginas in music videos this year. (laughs) There is a there is a voiceover by Madonna, I think, saying dialogue from Pulp Fiction. This is this is very you. Yes. Hitting a lot of white wheelhouses. It's really on message for me. No, it's it's it is such a there's one point where she is straddling the earth. She's sitting on top of the earth, straddling it, and truly starts Grinding? Fin- fingering. Nice. A the eye of a hurricane storm system. Wow. It's very textual. It's not subtextual. Mm. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for all the jerk off motions we've had to watch, yeah. let's make some people uncomfortable with fingering. Yeah. <laughs> By Ariana Grande into the world. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. So this is exactly why I I, I feel like she utterly it, belongs it, it in this belongs scenario. Good. Okay, she wasn't Scream Queens too. Oh yeah, she was in Scream Queens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had the the. She died pretty early. She died pretty early. She, she appeared in some flashbacks. The... Yeah, she was one of the um, Chanel's. Yes, she might have been number two. Yeah, and she has the the like text message death of like oh no the Twitter death of like I'm being killed right now. Yes, yeah, where she's like getting the texts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, cool. I think this was a great playlist. I really like it. I think we got it done. I um, really like that our 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 approaches complimented one another and not like stepped on each other I, I like that's that that's what I go for yep. that's why I have you guys send me your songs first so I don't go in a totally <laughs> different direction I want to try to yes and you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes and the vibe yes absolutely um, so where can people find you and what do you want them to know about you? Oh yeah. Well, what, well, what I, what I hope, uh, uh, if anybody who listens, who writes things, write asexual characters into your film and television projects. Yeah. I want them to know that and, uh, investigate the broad and dazzling spectrum that is asexuality. And also, 
uh, I'm trying to make Vulture the like mainstream hub for like the best horror coverage that you're going to find. And, you know, we're, we're working at that at, at all the time. And it's the I bring to it, I think, a level of passion. <laughs> I think you do. A level I think you've of proven genuine that. passion. You've proven that today. And some know-how. And it, uh, and I have a lot of fun with it. So I, I hope to be able to share that kind of stuff because it's there are kinds of movies that deserve the, deserve the attention they're getting more of now and they've deserved it all along. So it, it didn't just get here. It's been here for a long time. And, you know, I, there are great lists and great recommendations that we're making all the time because I would like to to expand people's palettes. What if you had to recommend one right now? Event so, Horizon. Mm. Event Horizon is my most formative scary movie, I think. Okay. That's the that's if, if Hellraiser is my first horror memory, Event Horizon is my my scariest movie. It might feel kind of dated because it came out in the 90s, but like I love sci-fi. I love horror, combines the two. It's got Sam Neill. It's got Lawrence Fishburne. It's got Jason Isaacs. Hotties. And, you know. Is he on the gray list? <laughs> he would be. I, okay. I've, I've been able to interview him twice. What a what a dashing gentleman. I mean. Yeah. There, there, there's a reason there's the gray. Be, yeah. There's the reason there's the gray caveat. And there's a reason you get to be a movie star. Yeah. Um, cool. And on Twitter? Uh, Twitter, I uh, my name is long, Jordan Cruciola, but my handle is short, Jor Crew, J O R That's so easy. C-R-U. That's right. where you can find me. Check her out. Usually, like, posting sort of just like, you know, have we given thanks recently for the fact that, like, Penelope Cruz is real or, <laughs> like, giving you a hopefully as close to comprehensive history as possible at a glance of queer horror and queer presence in horror cinema and standing. I'm generally standing about things. <laughs> cool. Yeah, very much so. All right, cool. Great. Thank, Thank you, you so much. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Cool Playlist. I'm Eliza Skinner. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Eliza Skinner. You can follow the podcast at, at Cool Playlist Pod. You can also find our website at coolplaylistpod.com and you can find links to all the playlists we make and anything we talk about and our Patreon. We don't have advertisers, so we rely on Patreon co-producers like you. The theme music is by Ross Bryant. The art and logo is by D. Billy at Duchess and the Queen Studio. And the podcast is produced by cool DJ Aristotle Acevedo. Oh, and you can always rate and review us on iTunes. Everybody loves that. Bye.